Blood and Destroyers and All Elite Wrestling Podcast for May 4th, 2021 is presented by LevelDownGames.com. It's Tuesday, and you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all-elite wrestling podcast brought to you by leveldowngames.com. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and I am solo on the episode today. Frank and I just could not, for some reason, get our schedules to sync over the last weekend to get this episode done. We tried to do it on Sunday evening, and then that fell through, unfortunately. Uh, And then we had rescheduled to do it again Monday evening. And after waiting around for a little while, I, I unfortunately just have to go ahead and put the episode together because this is unfortunately the latest in the uh, in the week that the AEW podcast has posted. So apologies for that, but real quick, please take a moment and do us a favor if you would be so kind. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or whatever app you've chosen to listen to us on and leave a quick rating and a review. It helps us in the algorithm game so that our show continues to grow. And shout out to everybody who sent in messages, whether it be through email, whether it be through DMs on social media, whether it be through Discord. We see the positive reception that Blood and Destroyers has been getting over the last few weeks since making the switch. So thank you guys so much. We do look forward to continuing to grow this show and make it, besides, you know, the official AEW stuff, the number one AEW podcast out there. So let's keep making that a reality and let's make it happen. Let's let's keep doing it. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> Real quick before we get into recapping last week's AEW festivities, I, I want to point out the match that was announced for the May 12th episode of Dynamite for the IWGP US Championship. John Moxley will be defending against Yuji Nagata returning to TNT for the first time in a long time. Uh, he was a, a regular mainstay back in the mid to somewhat late 90s for WCW. I, I remember seeing him all the time. Uh, it, just, it just brings back so many memories seeing his name again and, you know, just kind of seeing some of his stuff even more recently through through New Japan. So it'll be awesome to see Mox and, and Nagata kind of square up for the title. But I also think it's interesting to point out because this Wednesday night for Blood and Guts, we obviously know Dynamite's live. When they announced this IWGP title match, they said, and, and the infographic says it as well, but it also says that it's a live Dynamite. Dynamite. So that's back to back two shows where Dynamite's going to be live. And then, of course, we have one week before well, two, I guess. But, you know, we'll talk about that here in a second, because unfortunately, we found out as well that the May 26th episode of Dynamite, which is the double or nothing go home 
show has been moved to Friday, May 28th at 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, supposedly, the current plan is to run this show from 8 p.m. to midnight at Daly's Place with a live crowd taping an episode of Dark and Elevation, I think, with the live crowd before and then Dynamite Live from 10 to midnight. Because, again, it's the go-home show for Double or Nothing, generally a live show, which means that there's only one week in between the Dynamite that falls on the 19th that could potentially be a taped show for the month of May. So I think that's kind of interesting to point out. Uh, and then starting off June, we also, because of the NBA playoffs, uh, the June 2nd episode of Dynamite, which is the post Double or Nothing show, so that sucks, is moving to either Friday night, June 4th, or Saturday night, June 5th, depending on that NBA playoff schedule. I'm not sure exactly how it works. I, I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, if, if they go to like a game six or a game seven then that might screw things up so that would put it on either the friday or saturday who knows uh but i did see that they were saying friday night june 4th seems more likely and then they would probably do a plan similar to what they're going to be doing on may 26th it's unfortunate that the nba playoffs are, are really fucking things up this year for us last year it only i think it only affected us once when when dynamite was moved to a saturday night and i, I think that show ended up doing okay i really hope it it doesn't hurt them, even though, unfortunately, they did with this past Wednesday's episode of Dynamite dip back down under a million viewers. I think it was somewhere right around 879,000, which still an, an insanely impressively respectable number. Uh, I would like to have seen them stay above a million, though. I'm really excited to see how well the Blood and Guts episode this Wednesday night is going to do for for the audience, because there's a lot of hype going into the show that we'll talk about here in just a few minutes. Uh, going back to last Monday, I know it's already Tuesday of this week, and this week's current episode of Dark Elevation is out. I actually was already watching it a little bit before uh, before I before I clicked record to do this when I was sitting around waiting for Frank. So I've already gotten a little bit of of this week's watched. <laughs> but going back to last Monday, running through the results for Elevation: Ray Phoenix defeated Chuck Taylor, Ryan Nemeth defeated Ryzen, Orange Cassidy. defeated defeated Dean Alexander, The Acclaimed defeated Liam Gray and Adrian Alanis, Nick Camarado defeated VSK, Layla Hirsch and Rio Mizunami defeated Diamante and Amber Nova, Chris Statlander defeated Tesha Price, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky defeated Alex Reynolds and Alan Angels, Big Swole and Red Velvet defeated Nyla Rose and Maddie Renkowski, and then Matt Seidel defeated Joey Janela in the main event. If you skipped over last Monday's elevation. There are definitely three matches that I would point out to go back and check out. Uh, Ray Phoenix and Chuck Taylor, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, and then Alex Reynolds and Alan Angels from the Dark Order, and then the main event, Matt Seidel and Joey Janela. I thought those three matches stood out the most out of everything else. Uh, top to bottom, Elevation is generally a great show. I know I've been saying that week in and week out since it debuted. Well, maybe starting with the second... Or even the third week. But since then, uh, Elevation has, has really taken off and become a show that I think is pivotal to storylines and, you know, growth of, of the brand for AEW. Especially with, you know, they, they constantly are highlighting uh, Kenny Omega and, you know, building up new stars with their Elevation Spotlight or whatever they call it with Paul White. So Elevation's a really cool show. If you can only watch between... Elevation and Dark, I, I would definitely say 
always pick Elevation, even though Dark generally is is a pretty good show to watch, too. And speaking of Dark, jump into Tuesday last week, uh, the Acclaimed defeated Fuego Del Sol and D3. The Seidel brothers defeated David Ali and Aaron Fry. Dante Martin defeated Andrew Palace. The Varsity Blondes defeated Duke Davis and Gannon Jones Jr. Brian Cage defeated Marty Cassius. Layla Hirsch defeated Renee Michelle. Lance Archer defeated Jake Patrick. Diamante defeated Rachel Rose. Lee Johnson defeated Will Alday. Penelope Ford defeated Ashley D.M. Boyce. Colt Cabana defeated Cole Carter. Kylan King defeated Danny Jordan. SCU defeated Liam Gray and Adrian Alanis. And then for the main event, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and Ten from The Dark Order defeated The Blade and Private Party from the Hardy Front Office. Again, if you skipped over Dark and only have time to go back and check out a little bit of it, I picked out three matches. Uh, Brian Cage defeating Marty Cassius. I thought that match was actually really well done and was the debut for Marty Cassius who, for those that might recognize the name, uh, had a stint with Lucha Underground for a few years as Marty the Moth Martinez. And it's been a few years since we've seen him. I I think the last time he was seen in Lucha Underground was back in 2018. So awesome that he's popped up again, and especially for AEW, so that's really cool. Um, Besides that match, check out Kylan King defeating Danny Jordan. I thought this match was also really well done. Danny Jordan again a debut and Kylan King has been looking uh, better and better. And, you know, of course, got to give a shout out since she's local here to the Northeastern Ohio area. And then the main event, the, the uh, trios match, Eva Luno, Stu Grayson and 10 and the Blade and Private Party was also a really entertaining match. The biggest takeaway that I got from Elevation and Dark last week were the amount of promos that they actually had in between the matches. There were a lot of backstage stuff going on, either pre-recorded or quote-unquote live things happening back there. I like this, and I think that they, they need to keep this around and do it more often because it's allowing these guys and girls who don't get the mic time and the camera time on Wednesday nights to build their characters, you know, gain their confidence a little bit and and practice in front of a small amount of people before they get back on the road and start touring again. So I think this is actually really well done. I think it's I, I didn't notice it. I think I only got one, two, three, uh, probably three, maybe if I'm forgetting something, maybe the fourth match into elevation tonight. And I noticed that there weren't really that many backstage or promo stuff going on. So it doesn't seem like maybe it's going to be something that is used every episode, but I do think that it was a nice touch and I, and I hope to see it again soon, but that's going to take us to the main course of the show. As always our dynamite takeaways from last Wednesday, I picked out eight to talk about. Takeaway number one will kick things off as they always do. Brian Cage defeated, crazily enough, Brian Cage defeated the number one ranked Hangman Adam Page. And I think that's just crazy. Now, I, I, it's probably worth mentioning that Team Taz did jump Adam Page as he was making his entrance. So I, something could be said to that effect, you know, that he went into the match already somewhat beat down. Uh, the Dark Order did come out to even up the score, though, and stayed out there to make sure that there were no shenanigans, even though that's kind of hard to do. After that, though, the match was really well done. Cage and, Cage and Adam Page worked so good together, uh, put on a great match. 
and when he actually hit the Drill Claw City and pinned Adam Page, I was taken aback a little bit, and I think we all were. We were talking about it in Discord as it was live. It's crazy, because Adam Page was ranked number one, and Sev pointed it out and kind of questioning. is like, well, why would you kind of have him go up to the number one ranked spot just to, you know, then lose. And we'll see kind of where he falls. The rankings haven't come out yet for this week. We'll see where he lands on Wednesday. It'll be interesting. Maybe he falls, what, three, four? I'm not sure. Maybe it would be crazy if he falls all the way off. But you would think that beating Adam Page, who was ranked number one, should get Brian Cage somewhere on that top five. He wasn't on there, was he, last week, if I'm if I'm remembering, no, he was not. Uh, last week was Adam Page at one, Orange Cassidy at two, Mox at three, Pock at four, and then 10 at five. Assuming, as we'll find out here in just a few minutes, 10 will fall down a little bit. Adam Page should fall down. I'm really curious how far he's going to fall. And I'll be curious who's ranked number one, if they'll give it to Orange Cassidy, or if it'll be Brian Cage, because technically it, it might be time for Brian Cage. But then again, it probably isn't time for Brian Cage because I, I think Brian Cage is a future champion and feeding him to Omega right now, just not not the time. So we'll see what they decide to do. We will. Uh, takeaway number two, we had a tag title eliminator match. The Young Bucks defeated the Seidel brothers. So unfortunately, they will not be getting a future tag title shot in AEW, at least for now, the, you know, if they would have won this match, then they would have been able to get a title shot uh, probably the following week or something like that is, is usually how they do things. But uh, yeah, quick BTE trigger. It ended in a way that I was not expecting a little tribute being shown to Mortal Kombat with a uh, Johnny Cage low blow being done by Matt Jackson. I thought that was actually really awesome. But yeah, then the BTE trigger after that and it was game over for the Seidel brothers. So the Young Bucks reigning victorious once again. Takeaway number three, we had Penta El Zero Miedo coming out there with Alex Abrahantes taking on freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy who came out with Trent. And this match, guys, was so good. Uh, they, they worked so well together. Penta's definitely, I mean, even Ray Phoenix, the, the both of the Lucha brothers, some of my favorites to watch, not in just AEW, but in, in all of wrestling. And they have been for a few years now. They are just so incredible in the ring. When Orange Cassidy did that suicide dive to the outside and Penta caught him and countered it into that, like, I don't even know what he did, that one-handed slam onto the apron. Uh, dude, it was just, it was so cool. And I don't think I'd ever seen that before. And I think they even said that on commentaries, like, we ever seen something like that. And that's what you get when, when Penta's in the ring. And I think that's so exciting because being a fan of wrestling for a good chunk of my life, I mean, you know, I started watching in 1989 when I was three years old. You know, the, one of the first things I remember, Hulk Hogan being huge, of course, in WWF. And then I saw my first live event somewhere in like the mid-summer-ish area of 1992 because I remember it was main evented by uh, Hogan and Flair. But, you know, having been a fan since then going through now and only really there was a span of like two years from 2005 2006 maybe let's say 2006 
to mid 2007, late 2007, somewhere around there that I that I really didn't watch a ton of wrestling. But that's pretty much it. For the most part, I, I've been a fan of, of some form of wrestling, whether it's WWE, WCW, ECW, New Japan, now AEW, Impact, whatever. I've watched something for the better part of my entire life, 32 years now. And you still see things that you've never seen before. And I think that's really cool. And I also think it's really cool that Orange Cassidy was able to get the victory here. Now, obviously worth mentioning, Alex Abrahantes did get on the mic and tried to interfere and distract Cassidy, but it backfired. And Trent was able to get the microphone, pass it off to Orange, who did the orange punch to Penta with the microphone and, and got the pinfall that way. So it wasn't clean, but Orange Cassidy did still get the victory. And, and I thought that was a really cool move. Takeaway number four, we had the inner circle and the pinnacle parlay heading into blood and guts this Wednesday night. Man, was this face to face everything I wanted it to be and more. They just they just went at each other every single single guy was fire on the mic and they and they were trying to figure out through this parlay who's going to get the advantage going into blood and guts because you know it starts out with two people and then after 5 minutes or whatever it is somebody else comes in but one team's obviously going to have the advantage because the team that comes in first gets that advantage so that's what this parlay was for and then I think it was Sean Spears who started things out. Uh, you know, he had a lot of things to say. Sammy Guevara jumped in, talked about how he doesn't believe him and that he was a failure here in AEW. He was a failure back in WWE and NXT and that he's going to fail again on May 5th for Blood and Guts. And basically, uh, Sammy's like, you know what? I'll fight anybody, everybody. I don't really care. You want the advantage. You can take the advantage. I'll I'll enter first or whatever. So Sammy, Sammy's already, you know, going to be the first one in. And good for him. Good for Sammy Guevara, because I think he's going to shine in this match. You know, that if, I, if I'm thinking, like, who's going to really stand out to me in Blood and Guts? I think Sammy Guevara is going to stand out. I think Wardlow is going to really stand out. And I, I really hope Santana and Ortiz stand out because those are the guys that I think really, really need it right now. MJF is already a fucking star and doesn't need to stand out. He's going to do great no matter what. He's probably going to bleed. Jericho's probably going to bleed. Dude, all Every fucking buddy's probably going to bleed. I mean, this is going to be one of the bloody... I mean, it's called blood and guts for a reason, but I think it's going to be one of the bloodier things we've seen on Dynamite in a while, if ever. So that should be crazy. But yeah, this entire promo between all 10 guys was super fire. Everybody just, man, everybody just nailed it. And it really got me fired up for the match between them. And it's going to be so cool. I know War Games, we see it in NXT like every November now, but this is Cody's War Games. This is Cody's, you know, this this is Dusty's match. And I'm excited to see what they do with it in AEW because you know they're going to treat it right. And we're going to get something awesome out of this. We're going to get something really, really cool. So make sure you tune into Dynamite this, this Wednesday night because... Uh, it's going to be a good one. It will definitely be a good one. 
Takeaway number five, MT Nakazawa and Eddie Kingston was supposed to be a match, but it never officially happened after uh, Nakazawa entered. Kingston kind of walked out and was super pissed off that he was being fed MT Nakazawa. And so, you know, this is really is not how this works. And, you know, he was basically demanding Kenny Omega to come down to this ring. So after Omega came out to the stage area, basically telling Kingston that he doesn't run the show, Nakazawa hit him from behind with the laptop. But but quickly found himself kind of on the end of maybe getting his ankle broken uh, if Omega didn't get in the ring. And Kenny's like, hey, you know what? He, he knew what he signed up for, and that was kind of it. But uh, we ended up having Mox come out who put Omega into a sleeper and brought him into the ring. And basically, they were going to break Kenny Omega's ankle unless they got what they wanted. And Mox is like, what we want is a tag match next week against Omega and MT Nakazawa, which... I mean, that's that's cool. But is that really what they want? Like, they just want a tag match between these two guys. You don't think that Mox wants a title shot or even Kingston wants a title shot? Like, the demanding of the tag match really was iffy to me because I thought they were going to try to get a title shot out of this, not just a tag match. I'm, I'm assuming it's still going to lead to a title match, probably first Kingston and, and Omega, and then who knows, we might even get a, uh, a Mox and Omega Part 3 because really who else is in the main event scene right now that makes sense as as we're already less than a month away from double or nothing so i mean that's that's on the 30th we'll have to see sunday night don't forget pay-per-views on a sunday night again uh, we have takeaway number six, Chris Statlander taking on Penelope Ford, who is out there with Kip Sabian, who would eventually a little bit later on in Dynamite get destroyed by Miro backstage uh, and, and kind of, you know, had his arm slammed into a door. <laughs> Miro then had his, I forgive you. I forgive you now. Uh, but this was done, I think, to write Kip Sabian out for a little bit. I did see a news story earlier this afternoon that he had surgery and it's being, you know, kind of blamed storyline on on what Miro did. But something obviously had to be done. And this was a good way to take him out for a bit. Plus, as as we saw, Miro seems to be on his way to getting something uh, in terms of a singles run. He did have a match that kicked off Elevation this week, which we'll talk about uh, on, on next week's show. But yeah, back to Chris Statlander taking on Penelope Ford. I thought this was a good match. Uh, both girls looked great. Chris Statlander just is on fire right now. She looks amazing every single week. She's got like a new pep in her step. Uh, she, she's been really great inside the ring. The the moves, the new stuff that she's been doing, the new face paint's really been working well. Uh, the the pairing with Orange Cassidy specifically, but best friends in general, though it does seem to be more Statlander and Orange Cassidy than it is Chris Statlander and best friends. I know she's part of the group, but you get what I mean. This match was awesome, though. Go, uh, if you missed it, check it out. And yeah, Chris Statlander getting the victory here. Have to assume they're working on building up the wins for her again, getting her back in the the rankings and the title picture. It's not time for her to get a title shot again yet. Obviously, we're heading toward Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida, probably at double or nothing at this point, but I'm really excited for that. We'll probably get a new champion, and then, then we can start talking Chris Statlander and Ty Conti again, 
and and some of the faces because you know Hikaru Shida, a face champion, has had it for so long. Though I know she has been defending it against anybody and everybody. Now that we have a heel champion, we're gonna get some good old classic heel versus face type stuff. And and I think Britt's gonna be a an amazing women's champion for a solid solid while. Uh, she's been on absolute fire as well, so that'll be exciting. Takeaway number seven, we had some trios action. We had Dustin Rhodes, Lee Johnson, and Billy Gunn representing the Nightmare family, taking on representing the Factory, Aaron Solo, Nick Camarado, and QT Marshall. I, I am getting more and more of a fan of Nick Camarado every single week. I like his little arm danglies, and he just looks like such an old school wrestler. Love his look, man. He he is somebody that I am that I'm getting behind lately. This match was it was okay. It wasn't that great. Probably the lowest point of the night, in my opinion. Uh, we're still getting regular trio stuff, so I I am still waiting for the official confirmation of the trios titles. Every day I wake up, I keep wondering, is it the day that we're gonna finally get a leak or you know an official announcement that the trios division is is coming to Dynamite or something like that? So it's gonna be soon. But yeah, the factory getting the victory here that is the right move as they're building up these new guys and really putting some star power behind Cutie Marshall as as we'll see talking about a match coming up on Blood and Guts. So uh, the the takeaway from this match, however, speaking of blood and guts, is what happened after the victory by the factory. Uh, Cutie Marshall was kind of heading back to the tour bus that they came in on, which was the Nightmare Express. I'm a little disappointed that it wasn't the Lex Express, because uh, if we could just hear that music again... Uh, what was, what was it? I'll be your hero. Remember that back in like the 95 era? I'll be your hero. Yeah. I'll put it in right here if I can find it. I'm, I'm sure I can find it on YouTube somewhere, but I'll put it in right here if I can find it. You always were there, always beside me. Holding my hand every step of the way Through these eyes you could do no wrong In these eyes you were brave and strong In my heart those days live on You were my hero How good was that? If you didn't hear anything, well, then I couldn't find anything. So, oh, well. <laughs> um, but yeah, going back to the Nightmare Express, Cutie was trying to get in, but clearly we could see through the window of the door that Cody Rhodes was standing there waiting for him. 
And when the door opened, Cody just laid the smack down to borrow a line from The Rock. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Happy late birthday, by the way, to Dwayne Johnson. But they battled to the top of the Nightmare Express. And even Aubrey Edwards kind of went up there as well, which I thought was hilarious because, I mean, this wasn't like an official fight or anything. So, so a referee, you know, risking it all, climbing up to the top of the bus if this were, you know, something that were actually happening. I, I like this, though, and I'm really excited to see this match now between Cody and Cutie Marshall. I think they've done a good job building this up. I, I don't think that this match on, on Wednesday is going to be the end of it either, so we'll see. But our main event we had for the TNT title, Darby Allen defending against 10 from the Dark Order. Remember, Darby had said that he wasn't satisfied with his victory over John Silver when he challenged him for the TNT title to pay respect to Brody Lee because of the shoulder injury that John Silver had suffered during the match, so he laid the challenge down to 10, and this match was fucking awesome as well. Darby and 10 worked so great together, and, and Darby just, man, lightning in a bottle for them again with, with Darby Allen because he has just been working so well with anybody that you stick him in the ring with, and, and, and he has been groomed into this star already for them, and again, only, like, what is he, 27, 28 years old? My God, he's going to have such a bright future for AEW. It's just going to be so exciting to see. Uh, but yeah, he retained the TNT title, and then after the match, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page showed up to attack him, and they also attacked Sting. This brought out Lance Archer, who kind of chased them away, and he kind of checked on Sting as the as the show was going off the air. So they're keeping this storyline going. I'm really, really intrigued to see where Lance Archer is going to plug into all of this, because, you know, does he... Does he get a match with Sting? Does he get a match with Darby? Does he team with Darby? Does he team with Sting? I don't really know, so I'm really, really excited to see where they go with this storyline. Talking about star rating for Dynamite last week, I think this was a really solid Dynamite top to bottom. Like I said, really the only low point for me was the trios match, but even still, that wasn't that low when I look at how I scored all eight of these segments. I'm going to go four stars for Dynamite last week, and, and that's a really, really good rating. I'm hoping, hoping I can give Blood and Guts this Wednesday night a five-star rating. Let it be so, AEW. Let it be a five-star dynamite. But we have such an awesome card to look forward to. Let's see what's been announced so far. We're going to hear from Miro. So it'll be interesting to see what he is going to say now that, as we talked about, he's kind of on his own and looking for gold. We have a, speaking of gold, four-way tag team eliminator match to find out who I'm assuming is going to get a title shot uh, next or soon. We have SCU, Christopher Daniels, and Frankie Kazarian taking on Jurassic Express, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy taking on Varsity Blondes, Griff Garrison, and Brian Pillman Jr., and The Acclaimed. 
Oh man, I honestly, I, I, I don't know. I don't know where this one's going to go. I honestly think it could go either way. If SCU loses, they've already kind of wormed out of the, you know, we're going to break up if we lose our next match by saying it had to be a traditional tag match. I don't know that this counts as a traditional tag match, so they could theoretically lose. It would be cool to see someone like the Acclaimed or the Varsity Blondes get the victory in a title shot, even though you know they're not going to win yet. So I hope SCU gets the victory here because I would like to see SCU and the Bucks sometime soon and they are kind of dragging out the SCU retirement tour a little longer than I thought they might so if they do get paired up with the Bucks in a title match you know that's going to pretty much be it for SCU and I think the storyline might be coming to a close soon so I'm looking for them to get the victory on Wednesday we know that Dr. Britt Baker DMD will be in action likely in a quick squash style match I don't know against who probably somebody from Dark or Elevation. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Rachel Rose or Renee Michelle. Um trying to amber nova i'm trying to think who else they've they've been using recently uh, I, I don't think they would squash diamante or anyone like that at, at this point so um yeah probably one of those but could be somebody else who knows we also know that cody rhodes will be taken on qt marshall and kind of a like it's not a no holds barred or no disqualification match, but I'm sure it's going to get a little crazy. You know, it's just like revenge match or whatever. So should be fun. Tag action. We'll have John Moxley and Eddie Kingston taking on Kenny Omega and MT Nakazawa. This should probably be a good match. So looking forward to it. And then of course, which I'm assuming is probably going to get the last hour to itself. If you figure Britt Baker's in a squash match, that tag match will likely get 15 minutes. Uh, Cody, and QD maybe 10 minutes and then Mox Kingston Omega Nakazawa I don't see that being more than five six seven minutes tops so blood and guts will likely get the last hour maybe 45 minutes but I think they give it an hour uh remember blood and guts will be two rings surrounded by a steel cage structure think war games from NXT and the old WCW days will have a five on five tag match not really a tag match it's just an all-out fucking brawl between the inner circle and the pinnacle Representing the inner circle, we have Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. Representing the pinnacle, we have MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spears, and FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler. I honestly don't know who wins this. I, I think it makes more sense for the pinnacle to win. But I don't know. It could go either way. It really could go either way. It makes sense for it to go either way. I can see the storyline branching out for either one of them. And I mean, I can see storylines branching out for for losers as well. So there, there's a lot in this match. There's going to be a lot of blood, like we said, a lot of weapons, a lot of craziness. This is going to be a lot of fun. Make sure, if you can, tune in live Wednesday night, 8 o'clock. Catch the entire episode. Blood and guts. Let's help them with their ratings this week because this looks like an insane show from top to bottom. But uh, yeah, that is unfortunately going to bring me to the close of the episode this week. I actually went a little bit longer than I thought I would. Right around that half hour mark is where I wanted to fall. We're just a couple minutes past that. So that's what I thought I could do on my own this week. Not too shabby. But I do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all-elite wrestling podcast made possible, of course, by leveldowngames.com. Want to help us and grow the show? Subscribe and spread the word. Details on ways to do just that can be found in the show notes on 
on whichever podcast app you've chosen to listen to us on. Theme song of the week. Luckily this week, since it was a solo episode, it theoretically was my choice anyway, since last week Frank went with Rich Swan to pay tribute to that awesome, awesome match between he and Kenny Omega from Rebellion this past Sunday night. Make sure you go check that out if you do have the opportunity to do so. It was a fantastic match. But we're back to AEW themes this week as we usually lie on. And one has really been on my mind lately. Uh, kind of play on the title there as well. But this is used heavily for Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander, though it is also used for best friends as well for their entire group. But more specifically, this is associated with Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander right now. We're going to close out with the Pixies. Where is my mind? Now hit the music. Music 